another episode of Trans Confessions, A Very Queer Journey. Today's episode is episode 14 for this season, and it's called Transphobia Much. <clears throat> we got a couple of topics, and this is going to be a pretty short episode today. And the first topic, and probably my primary topic for the day, is to talk about the sweeping legislation in the United States that's targeting transgendered people. And it is becoming very prolific. Um, every single day I wake up, I read the headlines, I see what's going on. State by state, I'm watching more states pass some of the nastiest anti-transgender bullshit I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> I have ever seen. Um, I grew up in the 80s and the 90s where this was not very prevalent. And most of us probably lived very, very closeted lives or as stealth as possible. Because we felt it was dangerous to be, well, out. And, you know, we made progress in the 2000s. I thought we made very good progress in the 2000s when it came to, I don't know, just basically being allowed to exist without harassment, assault, violence, you know, in general. Starting to finally get the same rights everybody else has um, within reason. I'm not saying that transgender folks are the most picked on, marginalized community that's out there, because we're not. But we definitely fall into that category, and it's, it's starting to become scary again. Um, every advancement we've made seems like it's being reversed. And it's not happening at a federal level. It's not happening at a level that, you know, you would see maybe on the news uh, nationally. It's happening at local and state levels, and that's really what's scary. A lot of these states are passing laws making it virtually impossible to be transgender and exist. And that's not fair. It's not. You know, we've got a news article here that I pulled off The Guardian, you know, mapping the anti-trans laws that are sweeping. This really is a war on a hundred fronts. Because it's a state, and you got local, you got federal, you got all these different agencies that are passing these laws, and it's insane. You know, The Guardian talks about these things um, further on in their article, you know, discussing some of the major issues that they're seeing. But the only problem with this article is it doesn't actually go step by step into what's actually happening, what these states are passing, and at different levels. Now, that information, thank goodness, is out there. <clears throat> it's definitely out there. And I've been able to compile a small list. So if we look at the, from the 2016 election till today, so since 2016's election all the way up until today, all 50 states, looking at you know basically a broad general sweeping brush, 175 anti-transgender bills have been proposed. Now, that's not to say that they've all passed. These were just proposed. Thankfully, there's some states out there that, well, aren't run by a bunch of, you know, hypocritical idiots. These states are out there trying to pass them, but they're not getting passed, thankfully. But that's not everywhere. <clears throat> now, for those that know me, or those who have been watching the show, um, also understand I'm from Texas. Texas has definitely been making the news. However, Texas is not on the list. Texas is not on the list. And we'll go into that later. You understand why Texas is not on the list of the states passing these awful bills. So let's look at some of the bills. Let's look at some of this garbage that's being passed. And then we'll kind of go into maybe 
why and where these attacks all seem to be coming from. So you got Delaware at Senate Bill 227, and it's basically just requires a student athlete to compete for athletic teams or sports associated with their biological sex as determined at or near birth and based on the student's birth certificate. Okay, we hear a lot about this. Lots of states are trying to pass the same thing. So what do you do about intersex people? Their biological sex is neither. So then you're looking at, okay, what was assigned and placed on the birth certificate? Well, my birth certificate says female. So you've got states like Delaware who are also passing the Senate bills to make it impossible for transgender people to change their birth certificate. Oklahoma Senate Bill 2, Student Athletics. Basically creating the Save Women's Sports Act, requiring certain athletic teams to be designated based on biological sex only. And it was an effective date as emergency, as in they had to make this an emergency resolution to be passed their Senate, their state Senate, to make sure that transgender women cannot, will not, and will be barred from participating in all women's sports. Oklahoma Senate Bill 1100, vital records, limiting sex or gender designation on certificates of birth to male or female only and prohibiting all non-binary designations. So Oklahoma basically did an all-out war on non-binary transgendered people. And that actually, that passed. So that's disgusting. So there's tons. You've got Kentucky Bill Senate, yeah, Kentucky Senate Bill 83, Tennessee House Bill 1895. You got Tennessee House Bill 2316. Um, let's see, Tennessee's got a ton. Uh, Tennessee House Bill 2633, Tennessee House Bill 2835, Tennessee Senate Bill 1861. It goes on. Tennessee's got over 11, 11 bills for their Senate just to limit transgender people from accessing sports, bathrooms. I don't know what it is. Like, transgender people have to pee. Like, we have to do the same things everybody else does. And for whatever reason, that seems to absolutely infuriate, infuriate other people. And it's like, what the hell? <clears throat> So you've got Arizona House Bill 2161, Parental Rights School Educational Records. So that one was a very small bill. It did pass, but it had to be amended. And that was more or less, school records don't have to reflect your gender identity. And this bill basically ensures that in Arizona. Um, Arizona Senate Bill 1138, Irreversible Gender Reassignment Surgery for Minors. So basically stopping transgender reassignment surgeries for what the state would classify as a minor. Now, I personally don't know any state, any state in the United States that allows transgender gender reassignment or gender confirming surgeries on anybody under the age of 17. I don't think that's ever happened. So why there's this massive push now to make codified laws criminalizing the act. I, I, I don't know a doctor, honestly, a transgender care doctor, an endocrinologist, any of them that would even recommend 
under WPATH certifications that someone under the age of 17 be allowed to have confirming <clears throat> surgeries. So I don't know what the bullshit's all about when it comes down to this stuff, but a lot of these laws are definitely targeting minors. Okay, fine, like it happens, like I don't know. I've looked, I researched, I tried to find somebody who got sex reassignment surgery at the age of 13. And I don't, I'm not, I can't find any. So either it's very well hidden or the cases that they're talking about when they make these bills and they present them to the Senate or the House are fabricated and full of shit. So, <clears throat> so Indiana, again, participation in school sports. So that's their House Bill 1041. Utah's how the Utah comes is no surprise to me whatsoever. Um, House Bill 11. Let's see here. Wisconsin. So, yep. This is actually a weird one. So, designating University of Wisconsin and technical college sports and athletic teams based on the sex of the participants only. Let's see. Wisconsin, again, Bill 196, designating athletic sports and teams operated or sponsored by any public school funding or private schools participating in a parent's choice program must be based on the sex, the biological sex of the participants. So again, if there's government money involved in Wisconsin, in your school, even if it's a privately funded school, you must abide by this law. Um, Wisconsin Bill 977, gender transition procedures, basically amending it to that now they're basically saying in the state, which this did fail, this failed, I'm gonna put that out there, did not pass, that all gender confirming procedures must wait till after the participant is older than 21. <clears throat> Wisconsin had nine more bills just like this. So far, thankfully, none of them have passed, but they're up for recount. Obviously, you've got Florida House Bill 211, Youth Gender and Sexual Identity, an act relating to youth gender and sexual identity, creating, providing a short title and <laughs> determining sex as it's going to be defined for everyone in the state. This crap goes on forever. My list is 27 pages long, and these are just tiny little briefs of what these bills are for. Louisiana, Tennessee again, more Arizona, more Wisconsin, a buttload out of Florida, um, <clears throat> Idaho, obviously, amending its existing law to provide for the crime of genital mutilation. That is how Idaho's Senate and House are defining gender transition or gender confirming therapy as genital mutilation. Basically stating that if you were born a boy or you were born a girl and you have, let's say you were born a girl and you have a mastectomy and you have your boobs removed and you wear chest binders, that is mutilation of your genitals and therefore now is a crime punishable by jail, fines, and in some cases, worse than that. Again, more stuff out of Utah. Well, we can't leave Alabama out. Of course, Alabama's got to have one, two, three, four, five, six, twelve. Twelve bills between the Senate and House in Alabama specifically targeting transgendered youth. Isn't that wonderful? Missouri, we can't leave Missouri out because fuck it. Let the whole dirty South needs to basically ban transgender people. And for whatever reason, Wisconsin. 
Oklahoma again. The Oklahoma's House Bill 3240, Save the Adolescents from Experimentation Act. Like, I don't have words. I don't have fucking words to describe how stupid all of this shit is. It is stupid. Let's see, okay, we got Mississippi. One, two, three, four, five bills from Mississippi. More out of Arizona. Oh, yes, lovely. Child Vulnerable Adult Abuse Act. So, Senate Bill 1130, that any adult that consents to allow the child to go get gen- gender-confirming care is abusing the child and therefore must be arrested and punished for allowing that child to be abused. That includes teachers, doctors, anybody who said, yep, I completely agree you need gender-confirming care. Let's see here. More out of Alabama, more out of Indiana. No big surprise. Ah, finally, Kentucky. We can't leave Kentucky out because they do make up part of the dirty South. Let's see here. This is ridiculous. More out of Alabama. So Tennessee, 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 Tennessee. God, Tennessee's just on the ball with this bullshit. So every time one of their acts doesn't pass the Senate, doesn't pass the House, they generate a new one. They change a couple of words. Like, okay, we're going to go try this again. So most of these, that I will point this out, have not passed. The public has voiced their opinion and made sure that this shit is not going to pass. But it's just a matter of time, folks. It is an absolute matter of time before this shit actually starts happening. God, there's a ton out of Tennessee. There's over 40 out of Tennessee. There's 23 I've now counted out of Florida, nine in Mississippi. Oh, here we got West Virginia. But this one's actually not a bad bill. I don't know why it's counted in the anti-transgender. I'm going to have to read more into it. So it's West Virginia Senate Bill 498, Creating Anti-Racism Act 2022. But for whatever reason, it's being flagged as anti-trans. <clears throat> so, Florida House, yeah, House Bill 7, Individual Freedom. This is your don't gay, don't say gay bill. And it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. It makes me sick that this kind of stuff actually shows up. It really does. Now, for those who have not read the bill, you should. You should go any state that you live in that has passed these bills, and it is a large number of states. It is a very large number of states. You should go read these bills. Read what's in them. Read what they're actually targeting and why. Now, some of them do a pretty good job. Some of them do a very good job of laying out exactly why these bills are being passed. A lot of them hide their bigotry and their misogyny in legal speak. They hide their their basically being a bunch of dicks inside of a bunch of legal jargon that makes it very hard and complicated to understand what this bill is actually trying to do. Now, as I stated towards the beginning of the episode, Texas is not on this list. And I'm going to explain to you why Texas is not on this list and why the fact they're not on this list is even more dangerous than if they were on this list. So Texas obviously has made a buttload of news. They have made an absolute buttload of news. And it's because 
what Texas did is not something that's going through the state's Congress. They are not bringing this up in Congress. These are executive actions. These are executive actions. These are things that the governor, along with his team of experts, have decided for themselves, very, very elitist-like, that they're going to force on the general population of the states that they are awarded to protect without vote, without consensus, without asking for any of the citizens who are going to have to abide by these policies, opinions. Texas Governor Abbott, through executive fiat, forced Child Protective Services to go out there using Ken Paxton to investigate all transgendered children investigate their families and if they find out that that transgender child has received any kind of transgender confirming care that the parents guardians or legal protections from the doctors that gave them the care all the way to the teachers that hid their transition can be prosecuted fined and possibly jailed as far as the parents are concerned the parents could actually lose their children their children could be taken away from them because the parents were gender confirming to make matters worse there are small provisions inside of that bill that if a parent themselves is transgendered and that parents children show any kind of signs of being gender confused or talking about being gender confused, that that parent can be arrested for significant abuse, mental mostly, and jailed. Not fined, jailed. And then have all parental rights stricken. This is tyranny. This is not protecting kids. Governor Abbott does not give two flying fucks about anybody's children at all. The proof is in the pudding when it comes to that nonsense. And we're going to go ahead and bring up a small little video. Those on TikTok, you're not going to be able to see this. Everybody else, though, you should be able to see this just fine. So this video kind of explains it really, really well. Hey, y'all. Governor Abbott of the state of Texas strikes again. After being rescued from a sex trafficking ring, several girls were placed at a state facility called the Refuge. Once at the refuge, the refuge employees took pictures of the girls naked, sold them as child porn, used the money from the child porn to buy drugs to then sell back to the girls. Meanwhile, Governor Abbott has nine open cases with DFPS on perfectly healthy families, charging them with child abuse because their children are trans. Every single child in Texas's care right now is a ward of Governor Abbott. And all he said is that he's going to send the Texas Rangers to get to the bottom of this. And do what? What is he going to do? Is he going to take them from their families and then put them in facilities that sell their pictures as child porn and then sell drugs to them? Really? How very pro-life of you, Governor. So... She makes a lot of good points, and I did go and I looked up all the stuff that she basically claimed. So there is a facility, it's in Bastrop, Texas. 
It is a religious state-mandated facility for wayward girls and boys. I mean, it looks just as creepy and campy as you could possibly imagine. Like, it's the opening of a freaking Friday 13th movie. When you look at this facility, it's like you got the church and chapel front and foremost right there in the middle of this camp. Sure, the buildings are nice. I'll give it that. But you have got state wards, children who've been ripped away from their families or children who ran away from their families living in this facility, being taken advantage of, sexually abused, having photos taken of them, having their photos then sold as innocent images online for profit, taking that profit to buy drugs, which you then give back to the children who you abused so that you can abuse them further. Governor Abbott obviously did exactly what he said he was going to do. He investigated the facility with his hand-picked investigators who went down there and found, surprise, surprise, no wrongdoing. Really. While private investigators went in there and found all kinds of wrongdoing and forced that facility to remove the perpetrators, some male, some female, who were doing this stuff, and they ran with their tails tucked between their legs. Now, of course, the state's not going to prosecute the people who did this shit, because that means the governor would be wrong. And the governor can't be wrong, God forbid. Well, frickin' Captain Wheelie strikes again. That guy's been a plague on this state since he's been elected. He is indecisive. He is incapable of making any good conscious decision when he is decisive. He's very divisive. He loves ripping freaking people in the state apart. He attacks the very city in which he lives in, which is Austin, and divides that city amongst itself, causing chaos. So we need to look at all of these different things. We need to look at the, and look internally within the state and be like, so why? Why is this guy now creating executive fiats? Why is this guy going in there and creating all these rules and laws and, you know, essentially forcing people to live a way that they don't want to live and then punishing them if they don't? Makes no sense to me whatsoever. Makes no sense to me at all. The propaganda is very, very strong when it comes to these things. The propaganda is exceptionally strong and it gets very, very narrow-minded people. I'm not saying these people are dumb. I'm not saying these people are stupid. They are very narrow-minded. They can't think outside of this bubble that they've created for themselves to get a bigger picture of why. Why this kind of stuff is happening across the United States. Well, a little bit of digging and that answer is very, very simple population. It's one, I'm sure, of many different answers that are out there. But it's all about population. Here, recently, this sweeping anti-trans legislation, especially anti-trans, but also anti-LGBTQ, is coming from one major source, and that is the 2020 census. The 2020 census, which you can all go look up, it's free public information, readily available for anyone to see, released some very damning information that I think has scared a lot of evangelical conservatives in this country. 
And that is the majority of white populations, well, the white populations that those people think matter, so wasps, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, the only ones in their eyes that actually make a difference, you know, because racism. Um, that population of people in this country has plummeted below 60%. For the first time, well, ever. So it's got these conservative evangelicals terrified, absolutely terrified that white people are vanishing from the United States and being replaced by, well, everyone else. Black indigenous people's populations are increasing, people of color populations are increasing, and those that don't fall into the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant category populations are vastly increasing. So the birth rates, again, the 2020 census does calculate into birth rates. The birth rates amongst those populations that the evangelicals are so concerned over have dropped below two and a half. They've dropped below two. And that means generally if it's not corrected and corrected fast, the damage, if you want to call it that, is irreversible. So it's got them terrified. Well, in their eyes, if you've got perfectly good white AMAB children being born and then they decide to transition, they're not producing any more white kids. If you've got perfectly healthy AFAB children being born to then decide to transition, they're not producing any more white children. So this alone is probably the majority of the reason why you see these states passing such sweeping anti-trans bills. That also means you're seeing a lot of anti-abortion bills. Think about it. The number of people who fell into the black or people of color category who were getting abortions pre-1970 was staggering. It was staggering. The number of people who were being wiped off the face of the earth that fell into the black and people of color category before 1970 in places like Planned Parenthood were astronomical. And it was all for population control. Nobody on the conservative or evangelical side said anything about the Bible condemning abortion when this was happening to black people or people of color. Nobody. I looked. I looked for any kind of advertisement I could find going all the way from 1981 back to 1961. Anything. Nothing. Nobody said shit when it was black people and people of color or indigenous people being massacred en masse in abortion clinics and hospitals. Nobody. Now all of a sudden between the late 1980s, 1990s, and the 2000s, you have this massive boom of white people getting abortions at places like Planned Parenthood. Now, now abortion is a huge deal. Now we must pass laws protecting these white kids. And I'm not saying abortion is right. And I'm not going to say abortion is wrong. It is not my freaking place to make that claim. It's not. I have no right. I have no right whatsoever. However, I find it awfully fucking convenient 
the, the white evangelical movement to end or ban abortion in this country coincides with the massive decline of white births. I don't know. There's no way for me to prove it, obviously. But some of the laws that are being passed specifically with anti-transgender and anti-abortion are so egregious and so fucking disgusting that you get stuff like this, which I'm about to show you. This is grotesque. Trigger warning to those who are watching who've ever been assaulted, raped, or had anything to do with incest. This is disturbing. I understand that, that a, uh, someone who has committed a rape would not be able to uh, sue if an abortion were to take place. Would a family member of said rapist be able to sue? Would they have standing? Down to 21. Thank you. If it is the uh, parents, siblings, aunts and uncles, grandparents, then yes. Uh, same question then uh, for incest as well? Down to 21. Thank you. Yes. So if I am raped and choose to have an abortion and my rapist has 10 siblings, is there anything to preclude all of them and their spouses from um, bringing a lawsuit for $20,000 each? Down to 21. I'm not sure their spouses are included in, the, in that list, but uh, no. So, I understand that, that... No, I don't know if the folks on TikTok can hear it or not. But obviously everyone else watching, and you can all go back and rewatch this just to make sure you understood everything that they were talking about. This is a Senate hearing over a bill that just passed. It passed. Whereas if a rape victim or a victim of incest does not want to carry that child to term, gets an abortion, the rapist or the person who committed the incest in the first place has no legal standing, you know, because that's just common sense. However, the rapist's family, that is their siblings, their mother and father, their grandmother and grandfathers, all have the right under this provision to sue the victim for up to $20,000 each because they aborted that child. That is how far these states and their, and their elected officials are willing to go to ensure populations continue to grow. There is something a lot more nefarious going on beneath all of this showboating, all this bullshit you're seeing on the news. I don't know what it is. I want to find out, though. I really do want to find out. It is terrifying. It is absolutely terrifying what is actually happening out there. I, I'm freaking scared every single day. Every day I go outside, I present myself in public, or God forbid if I want to go somewhere with my children. I'm afraid someone is going to call the police and turn me in because I'm transgendered in the state of Texas 
for the crime of having children. Well, having children while trans. If people out there, both Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservatives, whatever, cannot see what is actually going on, what is really happening around us, wake the fuck up. Wake up. We are all being lied to. We are all being controlled. And it's disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. I don't... I don't get it. I have no idea why we are all facing these things. Well, we got some people making comments on the live stream. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. If you're joining late, just wait a little bit longer. I promise you'll be able to go back and rewatch this on demand from my website. I came out because I was tired of being afraid. I was tired of being afraid of myself. I was tired of being afraid of all those around me. I thought I was coming out to a world that was accepting and happy to have somebody who was a productive, useful, happy member of society living their true authentic life. And now I'm being almost forced back into hiding. I never intended on transitioning to stealth mode, although there are a lot of trans people who do. They want to transition stealth, go and transition to their true selves, their true gender, and nobody would ever be the wiser change their entire lives and just live. And I know there's an awful lot of those evangelical Christians, if they had to allow us to transition, would prefer that. <clears throat> they don't want to know. They don't want to see you. They don't want to hear about your transness. They don't want to hear about any of that shit. Well, tough shit. That's my bottom line. Tough shit. You don't get to pick and choose how somebody else lives their life. I don't care how much legislation gets passed. I don't care how many bills get frickin' presented. I don't care. And I am now out there pleading to the rest of my trans community and hopefully allies within the rest of the LGBTQ plus community and those who support that community to go out there and make a stand and say enough is enough. And just say no. <clears throat> no, we're not going to live in tyranny. We're not going to live in fear. We are not going to be afraid anymore. It's time for this shit to stop by any means necessary. That is my call. If you want to support that, if you want to go out there and protest your state government for the horrible, stupid shit they're trying to propose in the House or Senate, reach out to me on my website. Let's start our own movement. You got plenty of people on the evangelical conservative side who are out there protesting and doing their nonsense, making sure that, I don't know, abortion clinics are bombed and burned to the ground, trans people are hit with rocks, stones, glass and whatever else 
at every single event we hold. I thought it awfully convenient that the last bout of Pride events across multiple states on the East Coast and Central United States were rocked with violent protest, anti-protest, where several people in the LGB community were injured, injured from counter-protest. Not a damn bit of that made any of the news. The Pride event in downtown Austin, Texas, 42 people had to go to the hospital. 42 people who were in the Pride event because of stray rocks, broken glass being thrown at their face. Two people were hit by cars. Hit by cars on streets that were blockaded from vehicles. That tells me that there's probably some intention to that vehicle strike. No prosecuted people, nobody went to jail. Never made the news, not even a little bit. <clears throat> That's unacceptable. That is unacceptable. That's no different than going to the Macy's Christmas Day Parade and throwing freaking bottles at the movie stars and actors and actresses on the freaking floats. It's no different. None. A Pride event is a wonderful event. It is an event celebrating and people, celebrating pride in who we really are. It is a family-oriented event. It is okay to bring your teenagers and children. Just like the Macy's Christmas Day Parade. The only difference is the Pride Parades and the Pride events are celebrating something real. Not a fairy tale out of a book written by a bunch of crusty old white dudes. I'd rather go celebrate with my family reality and happiness and pride, not celebrate something goofy and stupid and commercialized. But no, we can't do that either. Because apparently reality scares people. They'd rather live with their sky fairies in fear of themselves forever. It's ridiculous. This whole system is definitely broken and I personally am tired of it. I'm tired of it. I don't know why we all have to deal with this stuff, but I'm not the only one, thankfully, out there fighting the good fight. I'm not. And I'm happy about that. But, again, scared. I'm scared because I don't know what's next. I don't know what's next. Now, another great creator out there, another wonderful voice in the transgender community, um, someone I follow all the time because I want to know what they're talking about. I want to know some of the things that they're doing they're an amazing activist. <clears throat> and they quite wonderfully pointed out that the hate against transgender people is not left only to conservative evangelical Christians or Republicans. Oftentimes that hate comes from within, from within our own community. It comes from the left. It comes from Democrats. It comes from uber-liberals. 
and it comes from people who were supposed to be our allies. And I think she does a good job of bringing that up, showing the hypocrisy even from within our own community. So I'd say take a second and watch this video and then in the comments, let me know what you think. Medical intervention to a child for a mental illness like this one, gender dysphoria, is child abuse. Okay, so the video I'm about to cover has been seemingly removed by its creator, but seeing as there were a lot of poorly informed things in that video, and it was spread to so many people, and we are now in debunking myths march, we're gonna cover it anyway. And to Alex, the creator of the video, thank you for taking it down, but I think we're all owed an explanation and an apology. Okay, let's get to it. As a gay man, being trans right now is a fad. Someone's gonna have to explain to me what about being gay makes you proficient on talking about trans issues. It's men who look like you who used to throw trans women out of queer bars. I mean, while we're flashing credentials that give you no extra authority to talk about transness, I'm a member of Actors Equity, a Patty certified scuba diver, and surely my Jewishness counts for something. Let's clear some things up for the people at home. Trans kids are almost never given gender affirming surgeries. Generally, the only medical care they're ever given below the age of 16 is hormone blockers. A lot of times they end up being infertile after these treatments are finished. Puberty blockers can cause infertility, but only when combined with gender-affirming hormones. The same thing that is experienced by transgender adults, and again, is not administered till adulthood or near adulthood. And trust me, the doctors tell you, and offer fertility preservation options. But you know what irreversible changes doctors do make on infants without their consent, and often without the consent of their parents is unnecessary surgeries to correct intersex kids. They're correct just the way they are. Do you bring this kind of energy to that fight? Being transgender is a diagnosable mental illness. Okay. While we're here, why don't we talk about the mental health history of homosexuality? In 1968, DSM-2 listed homosexuality as a mental illness, and it wasn't until 87 that it was completely removed. The World Health Organization kept it till 1992. That is within our generation that someone could have made the same argument against you and your sexuality. Imagine if you were ripped away from the arms of your parents because you held hands at school with your boyfriend. Not such an appeasing picture now, is it? And you know what? If we do want to treat it as a mental illness, do you agree with denying kids treatment for other mental illnesses? Look up the statistics for people who commit suicide after transition. I did! For all trans people, gender-affirming surgeries and care reduce suicidal ideation by 44%. That's the Journal of the American Medical Association. But the Trevor Project checked trans youth specifically. A 40% reduction for young people given gender-affirming hormone treatment. Have you considered the high rates of suicide ideation? might be because people, even queer people, think of us so lowly, are so happy to punch down on us and dehumanize us and lie about us, that they would support tearing trans kids from supportive family. She made absolutely wonderful, wonderful points in that video. The Trevor Project has done a wonderful job of tracking progress amongst transgendered youth as well as transgendered adults. And yes, a 40% reduction in suicidal ideation for those that actually get gender-confirming care as compared to those that don't. That's a 40% reduction in the possibility of that poor child unaliving themselves out of sheer depression because they don't get to live their truth, 
their authentic life. Whether you want to sit here and make the claim that it's a mental health problem or that it's perfectly natural, or maybe you fall somewhere in between those two definitions, it makes no difference where you sit. If your job is to protect life because you're a pro-life person, then you should be out there supporting, absolutely supporting transgender youth getting gender-confirming care. Because I'd say a 40% reduction of the chances of that kid killing themselves is far better than nothing. So what about the rest? What about the rest of the transgender youth that still might have a high possibility or an absolute likelihood of unaliving themselves? Well, just like she pointed out, maybe if the rest of the world even gay, lesbian, and bi people who fall within our community didn't spend so much freaking time harassing and bullying and basically outing these kids as a, a mental pariah after they got their confirming care. If people like Ben Shapiro didn't run their fucking mouth all day long basically making fun of transgendered people Sometimes, in some cases, 45-minute tirades on his dumbass show talking about how dumb and stupid and ridiculous trans people actually are. These kids wouldn't kill themselves. Whatever happened to the things that your mother taught you when you were a kid that if you didn't have anything nice to say, shut up. I don't go around publicly bashing Christians for believing a book full of lies. But that's exactly what they do. Nothing in that book was ever written by any God or Jesus. It was written by men. It was elected and voted over by dudes who sat down in multiple ecumenical councils discussing what was going to go in it and what was not, what was believable and what wasn't believable. And none of it's fucking believable. I could spend four hours live talking about how stupid every word in that book is and how full of shit it is, but I don't because it's not nice. Because there are people who base their entire freaking lives off of the scripture written in that book. Fine. Have fun with it. That's great. But you've got entire show segments of people on the conservative right dedicated specifically to bashing, harassing, poking fun at, and bullying transgender people. And they wonder why it's only a 40% reduction in suicidal ideation amongst children who've actually been able to get gender-confirming care. Well, hell, if you make fun of somebody long enough, I don't care if they've got a mental health problem or whatever the hell they might be going through, they're probably going to have a higher likelihood of suicidal ideation. That's common sense. I've been in that boat, and I'm a grown-ass woman. I've sat very low in the dark, so tired of people stabbing me daily. People who I thought were supposed to be my allies. Lesbians. Gay men. People who are bi or just queer in general have said some of the most hateful shit there is to say against transgender people. 
How dare this guy go out there and make a video publicly stating that being transgender is a fad. It is not a fad. Not to put any shade or hate on my drag queen friends, being a drag queen is a fad. It's a beautiful art. I love and respect it. That is a fad. It's a fad because you can undo it. At the end of the day, you can take off your girly clothes, you can wipe all that fucking makeup off, and you go back to being the sex that you were before you put that stuff on. That is a fad. When I'm done at the end of the day, and I go to bed, and I wipe my makeup off, I still look like a woman. I still feel like a woman. I still act like a woman. I am a woman. Period. That is the end of the fucking sentence. That's the end of my statement. I don't go back to being something else. I don't have the convenience, if you will, of a drag queen performer. Where if I want to go grow a freaking beard and just be handsome and get thought of as a guy, I cannot do it. The thought of even doing something like that is damaging. It hurts me to my soul. It's disgusting. The very, very argument that being transgender is a fad is horrendously disgusting. The answer is no. We are not a fad. I don't care how many transgenders there are. I understand where some people in our community have come up with the idea that being transgendered is the new thing. It's the new fad in the alphabet mafia. It's not. It's because we had had such a boom of loving and accepting behavior amongst all peoples in this country for a good long time that transgendered closeted egg girls, egg boys, egg non-binaries who were terrified to come out are finally coming out. They're coming out in large, massive amounts of numbers across the globe. And it's because we are so tired, so tired of not being recognized for who we are, not living our authentic lives. Now, I don't speak for every transgender person out there, and I don't even want to try to. But I would like to think that the vast majority of us are so sick and tired of other people putting words in our mouths about how we feel or what we're going through that we just can't stand it anymore. So whether you live in New York State or Wisconsin or, God forbid, Tennessee, Tennessee outnumbering the number of anti-trans bills against every other state by like 50%, Get out there and fight for this. Join me in this fight. Join my wife and my children because they don't want to lose their parents. They don't want to lose their parents because I just happen to be transgendered. Personally, I'm not keen on spending any time in prison because because it's Texas, I know damn well, beside the fact that my birth certificate, my driver's license, my fucking passport all say female, they'd be the kind of dicks that would go like, Stick her in the fucking male prison anyway. And I wonder why I think that. Oh, it's because they've done it. They've done it 400 times. 
It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Now, the one thing that I've been able to accomplish that I feel very, very accomplished is I got someone, like a lot of the commenters that come in my TikTok or my live stream, who want to talk and run their mouths about how sick I am and I need Jesus and everything else like that. Well, thankfully, we've got organizations like the ACLU that prosecuted one of those people who did it in real life. And that person is now facing a $600,000 fine, plus my personal lawsuit against them for $4 million in damages and up to 10 years in prison. Not state prison. I didn't want them being protected by the Texas state judicial system. Federal prison. They will go to federal prison for a very long time. So hopefully that case goes well. I don't think I'm going to get any of my damages, but I figured I'd throw it in there just for shits and giggles. I don't need negative commentary, nor do I care to read any of uh, the negative commentary out there. <clears throat> None of us trans people do. I don't go around harassing anybody. I've always lived my life, even before transition, with the mindset that if I am not violating that person's life, liberty, or the ability for them to own property, then I have not wronged anyone. And it saddens me that so many other people out there need to stick their noses in business that they have no business being in. It's nice to have people who maybe have a different opinion than I do, but whether I get to exist or not is not an opinion. That's an oppressive statement. Walking into my life and saying, you don't get to be you because I said so, is not a goddamn opinion. You're just being a bigot. You're being oppressive. You're being disgusting. So we've had lots of people who've commented on, you know, I just don't want men competing in women's sports. The thing that you need to get past and the thing that you're going to have to eat your fucking pride is that they're not men. They're women. That argument is tired, old, and it's factually inaccurate. Somebody who's been on hormones, and a lot of these transgender female athletes have been on hormones for years. I've been on hormones. I've been on hormones for one year, basically. I'm actually just shy of a year. I've got 22 days like left, and it'd be perfect 365 days. One year. I have lost... 19 pounds of muscle mass. My two mile run went from 1801, 18 minutes, one second, and that's at a, I'd say, a pretty nominal pace for a 40 plus year old person, to almost 20 minutes. And that's not because I'm out of practice, I do it as often as I possibly can. My arms have shrank. My overall strength, I was able to bench press at least 240. I could bench press about 180. So yeah, some of my strength is still there. I bought this bracelet and it was so tight that it barely fit. That was a year ago. I could get three freaking fingers through it. And I still have room to move it. 
the changes that happen to your body over time are staggering. They're staggering. The longer a transgender woman is on her hormone replacement therapy, and this is without surgery, mind you, the more closely that body resembles a biological woman's body than a man's, and vice versa. As a transgender man continues to transition, that transgender man's body biologically resembles a male body more so than a woman's. So the argument of there's an unfair advantage amongst transgendered women against transgender or non-transgender women, biological women, if you want to call them now, that's very unfair and kind of unscientific to say, is stupid. It makes no scientific sense whatsoever. Now, if I am a man who presents as a man, who goes out there and just says, oh, I identify as a woman and I've gone through no biological changes, I would then say, yes, I agree with your argument that there is an unfair advantage at this point. Absolutely. However, of the vast majority of transgender women who are competing in women's sports, very few, if none, have ever won any competition, perform no better than their biological female counterparts, and if anything, have a higher losing streak, which is really sad. So when you look at that, that's if you want to have some kind of rules regarding when transgender women are authorized or allowed to play, then that's what needs to be looked at. We don't look at it as gender or sex. Because rest assured, over a long period of time, You'd never know. You'd never know. <clears throat> Maybe genetics. I would look at genetics. Hormones. So this person, person, not male, not female, this person has the genetic makeup and the hormone levels of a 23-year-old female. Then they are allowed to compete in that category of sports. That's how you break it down. That would be the most logical, scientific, fact-based way of making sure of making sure sports are fair. Because that's the best way to do it. That really is. That's the end of my segment. As far as I'm going to go on this discussion, there's a lot of information that's out there that I encourage all of you to go look at. You need to go look at these things, research them for yourselves, look up the facts for yourself. We don't need to live in the world of lies and media entertainment telling us what to believe. I don't want you to take my word for shit. I have my belief system and none of you are going to change it. And I don't intend on changing anybody else's. What I do want to do is make sure you're informed. Here's the information. Here's the other side of the story that maybe you're not hearing. So we're going to go ahead and move on to my second subject. Because today, and I want to end on a lighter note. 
So today we are actually going to be raiding. I thought you all might like this. We are going to be raiding a game that I've been playing for a long time and it's brand new variant because it is so much fun. It really is. So I'm an old veteran of League of Legends. I loved that game. I played on PC. Um, I have been kind of not playing it for quite some time. Um, and a matter of fact, I deleted my old account because my old account was when I presented a little bit differently. So I wanted to create a new account with my new name. So if anyone out there is playing League of Legends, you can find me. I promise I am not difficult to find on either platform. So I created a new account. Unfortunately, I'm back down to like bronze. So sad. But League of Legends on the PC is an incredibly difficult, dense, and very rage-filled competitive game. It really is. Um, it's known for inspired players that are really, really good at it to go out there and climb the ranked ladder or even watch some of the other best players compete live on some of the major events that are out there. Um, players typically choose from rosters who fill different roles. So the roles are broken down if you're not aware. This is an arena, an arena rage battle game. So everyone's contained within an arena. You play a character. That character then has to assist its team, go out there and defeat the other team and their characters while playing special roles. The dynamics of League of Legends are very complicated. They're very deep, but they're very, very complicated. So, <clears throat> those being complicated means a lot of players are very intimidated when it comes to playing that game. Now, Wild Rift, which is the one I've been playing here a lot recently, is a brand new variation on League of Legends in a mobile platform. You don't have to play this on a console. You don't have to play this on your PC. You can play League of Legends Wild Rift right on your phone. Now, that being said, I love League of Legends. But yes, even I get very intimidated with all the different controls and the presets I have to design into my keyboard to make sure that I'm, I know what the fuck I'm doing. Um, it's very, very difficult. It's a huge learning curve. It is a massive learning curve. So how, how did the creators of League of Legends take all of that art, all of that graphics, all of that wonderfulness and cram it into a mobile platform? I thought, I thought they did a great job. I thought they did a great job, so we're going to go into kind of the differences and the fun of League of Legends Wild Rift. So, <clears throat> a lot of the same characters from League of Legends are in Wild Rift, if not all of them. I think they're all there. Now, it didn't start out that way. You had a very small group, um, like less than 30 heroes to pick from. There's well over 200 heroes and 200 variations to each one of those heroes that you can pick and choose so showing what you see on the screen now this is a screenshot of like your team build layout where you get to pick who you are based on your position that you're going to play so you could do duo you can do support you can do jungle you can pick any one of those positions that you want obviously you see my girl sitting right there that's my girl jinx i love her as a character i love her mental instability because it makes a lot of sense for me so because I am definitely mentally unstable. Um, Jinx is definitely my favorite, but she's also one of the most useless characters, too. Um, <clears throat> it takes her a very long time to ramp up in her skill sets. Her weapons are very, very weak, especially when you're in a 
a heavy battle scene, which I'll show you a picture of kind of like what that looks like. The problem I've had with Wild Rift and its mobile platform, oops, I picked the wrong one. There you go. <clears throat> its mobile platform is that it's very easy to get lost. And it's very easy to get lost because the action is quick. It's very easy to ambush people. So when you play characters who are duo or support, like Jinx, um, she's good from far away. Matter of fact, all her weapons will tell you they are stronger when fired from a distance. Well, you can see right here, oftentimes distance is a problem because everyone basically jumps your ass as soon as the game starts. So it's quite complicated in that retrospect, but the creators did a very good job in Wild Rift on the mobile platform of making sure that every single weapon, every single skill set, every single magic spell that you're allowed to cast on yourself, all, all are explained. You can hover over or push and hold on just about anything and it will tell you what it does and how to use it. Now, in regular League of Legends, it didn't do that. It did not do that. You had to go and kind of run through the gamut, if you will, of all the different stuff um, before you ever started playing. So again, that learning curve was very, very high. Wild Rift actually makes it very, very easy. Now, because it is a mobile-based platform, the servers are definitely not the same <coughs> as the regular League of Legends servers are. So they've reduced the number of players as five versus five. You will play as whatever character you pick with four teammates broken up amongst the different positions against the same on the other side of your arena. And then you battle it out. So every battle you win or lose, you gain experience. Whatever character you are playing at the time, let's say for this example, Jinx, gets all of the player credibility experience or how many times you've played that particular character. As that character gets played more often and that character's experience goes up, their battle abilities increase and get better as you go play. The objective is to get good enough to start playing in ranked battles. Once you start playing in ranked battles with whatever characters you have built up, then you start playing against those who would be in a similar rank. And that is trying to keep the game fair as you're now playing for prizes, bigger points, bigger character sets, um, all the different things you can actually purchase with real life money, you would not necessarily have to if you win high enough ranked battles where you win these objects themselves in the different events that the game holds. Now, just like League of Legends, there are massive events and battles that you can either participate in yourself or go watch. You can watch other bigger, more powerful, stronger, more fun players actually participate in these huge events live, typically. Um, I do believe that League of Legends has their own site specifically for streaming these things if all you want to do is watch. Um, they have a Discord server where you can watch them do this stuff over Discord as well. Um, I'm not part of their Discord server, so I don't know what it is. I apologize. I probably should look that up. Again, I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> but... Um, it happens, so <clears throat> I'm getting comments and I, I will get to a segment towards the end, folks, where I will answer questions and I apologize for ignoring all of you this entire time, but when you're doing episodic stuff, 
it is what it is. Um, all in all, I would rate the dynamics and the gameplay as probably a 9 out of 10. I'm not going to give it a 10 out of 10 because even though it's a mobile platform and it's built for ease, it's still pretty complicated. There is still a learning curve for new players. So I will say if you had to pick between the PC version of League of Legends, the big game version, or the mobile version of Wild Rift, and you're hesitant or scary, maybe even you're a veteran and you're a little... Uh, I don't really think this is going to be all that great. I would say try it. Go Wild Rift. It's still it's fun, even for the veterans. And it really is. It's tons of fun for the veterans that are out there. Out there. I think the veterans do get a bit of an advantage because they kind of know the gameplay mechanics from League of Legends. But on that note, they're still kind of hard. Give yourself time before you just start jumping into ranked battles. Go out there and go through the tutorials. Learn the different pieces and you know insets of the game. Learn your characters. What are they? What are they capable of doing? Um, what are their strong points? What are their weak points? Um, all that stuff. <clears throat> Every character is a little bit different, even if they play in the same supporting role. So if they're both jungle characters, well, one jungle character might have a strength of it's a tank. It's allowed to take heavy damage. It does not take damage like everybody else does. It can sustain it. But its attack might be garbage. Like you could sit there and get beat on by five people and probably survive the engagement, but you didn't hurt or damage anybody. You might have another jungle character that's got excessively high damage, but if it gets hit, half of its health or half of its magic disappears. So learn your characters. Um, it's I'm telling you, it's a ton of fun. Um, if you want to look for me, just look for Cyberjinx anywhere on the League of Legends. I'm out there. Um, again, I'm basically starting over, so yeah. I'm like bronze, and then because I have not played in over a week, I'm probably also falling into unranked at this point. So <clears throat> I do apologize. If you do look me up, though, I try to play at night. You know, when the kids are in bed and it's just relaxing for the evening. Because, you know, I have a life. So, we got to go with that, too. Um, that's pretty much it as far as my segments. I hope you enjoyed my game review. I hope you'll go out there and try it. League of Legends Wild Rift, you can get on Android. Or you can get on the, you know, the Apple iStore. Um, Google Play. I don't think it's available for Windows mobile devices. I really doubt it, but maybe, I mean, I don't know. So, this will go into the last bit of segment I have, and that segment is my open Q&A with my listeners and the people who are watching me live. So, I usually give this about 10 minutes where I kind of open up for questions. Now, <clears throat> I do prefer the questions be related to the topics we discussed today. So if you want to talk about the game, I'm happy to answer questions about the game. If you want to talk about my segment where we have a huge issue with transphobia, I will definitely discuss those. If it's personal questions about me, that's not what this show is for. But you can always catch me live on TikTok on other days when I'm not doing my show, and I am more than happy to answer those questions for people. So let's go ahead and move into that particular segment. So, TikTok, your questions are open. Everybody else, your questions are open. And I might actually put the chat overlay on. There. So now you guys can see the chats on my live stream video. 
And then TikTok, well, you know, you can see your chats anyway. So um, I will leave that up. And I'm going to put my website up there. Because one thing I definitely want to end my entire live stream with is I have got my own merch store. Finally, it took forever to get all the people who wanted to sell their wares and help me design my shirts and coffee mugs and all that fun stuff. If you enjoy my content, if you enjoy my live you know, episodes, the videos that I make on TikTok and other platforms, um, consider supporting me. So I've got gear that you can buy on my merch store. On the live stream, you can see my website linked below. For those folks who are watching on TikTok, I have a link tree in the top of my profile. Click on my picture, you'll see it. My website, the merch store, everything is on that link tree. Easy to find. So if you're looking for some really good pride gear, I have a ton. I've got beautiful pride rings. I've got beautiful pride jewelry. Um, some of the best creators that I've ever met in my life make this stuff and allow me to sell it on my site. So you're helping them as well as helping me. So that's actually helping two, two LGBTQ plus businesses succeed. Plus, if you really want to support me, you know, because you want to support someone who's trans and you want to support someone who's a combat disabled veteran, what better way to do it than buy something really cool for a loved one? I've got clothing, I've got shoes, I've got makeup. All that's available in the merch store, so consider checking it out. That's what allows me to continue to do this, because if I'm not making some kind of money, well, it means I've got to go back to work and work a full-time job. So I'll do whatever i got to do. But I figured this is a lot more fun. And you guys seem to be pretty entertained too. <coughs> so Dallas asked on TikTok, for those people who can't see the chat on my live stream, why do I think states are trying to stop trans kids? So I actually kind of went into that a little bit during the show. And I don't mind revisiting it briefly. The biggest issue that I've been able to identify as to why states would be passing such pervasive sweeping anti-trans bills has everything to do with population. So if you look at the populations based off of the 2020 U.S. Census, the birth rates for black, indigenous, people of color those groups of people have actually increased. It's not a significant increase. You're talking maybe a one and a half to 2% increase of birth rates amongst those groups. Not really that big. But when you're looking at the birth rates of white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, well, that would be negative 37%. The birth rates are plummeting. Given that between the 2010 and the 2020 U.S. Census, the density, the population density of white Anglo-Saxon Protestants has now dropped below what they call a critical rate. And the populations of BIPOC have actually increased higher than they've been, well, in the history of the census. So that stands to reason that those who fall into the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant evangelical conservative group of people are now terrified that they're going to be outnumbered. 
So in states where they still have a large amount of control over its citizenry, well, in their very twisted, demented way of thinking, it makes sense to force transgendered people to not be trans because unfortunately for us, at the end of the day, yes, transitioning usually means we can't make new babies. If you have a transgendered youth who goes through transition, well, that transgendered youth, male, female, or whatever, is probably not going to make new children. Well, until we get a little bit more medical innovation that allows us to fully transition. And I mean, that's coming. That is coming. It will happen eventually. I can promise you that. It's just not very prevalent right now. So, yeah, they're terrified. They're terrified that they're going to be outnumbered and eventually outvoted. Same thing with the abortion. So we got a comment from, um, well, a douche canoe named Skinny Wizard who said, talk about demented, a guy that thinks he's a girl. I'm not a guy. I don't think I'm a girl. I think I'm a woman. So, well, Elvis, you can get your Jinx. Elvis posted they'd love some Jinx fan merch. Well, if you want some Jinx fan merch, there is a ton of it. Some of it's on sale right now, too. Now, I'm trying to create new stuff with my logo on it. I'm actually going to bring my logo up on the live stream so people can see it. There it is. You guys on TikTok and a couple of other platforms cannot see my logo, but it is on the website. So, um, I've got some actual Jinx Fam stuff that I'm going to be putting out. So, mugs, hats. i got a hoodie on there right now that you guys will love. Um, that design was actually made up by one of my supporters and followers who's in the room right now, both on live stream and on TikTok. Um, they came up with the idea. I think it's fantastic. So we're going to start selling those. I think you guys will love it. <laughs> yes, I agree, Elvis. But yeah. This is not uncommon to get trolls, folks, and it's okay that they're there. They can, they have the right to speak their mind, and you have the right to ignore them. So, but yeah, I enjoy answering questions, and I hope, Dallas, that that last segment answered your question as well as it possibly could. Now, is that the only reason that they're passing all this anti-trans stuff? No. That's obviously not the only reason you're seeing states and legislations passing these anti-trans bill. A lot, a lot of the reason I think it is, but good old fashioned misogyny, bigotry, and just plain old hate. I'm sure there's quite a bit to do with that too. So um, Elvis asks, where can I find the link? So if you're watching on TikTok, if you go to my profile, I have a link tree in my profile. If you click on that link tree, it actually gives you all the links you need to find whatever it is you're trying to do. Now, if you're watching my live stream, the link to my website is actually showing on the screen. So just go to that website, go to merch on the menu, and then pow, it's all right there. 
Um, it is searchable and it is broken down by category. So if you're looking for, let's say, a necklace or a bracelet, you'd go to jewelry and then you'd go to bracelets and then you can find really, really pretty ones. Most of the jewelry that's on there, either I have purchased and tried on or they sent me a sample I had to send back. All of it is very pretty. Even the inexpensive stuff, I mean, you get what you pay for. It is cute, it lasts, it's durable. Um, it's worth it, so. Skinny Kitty on TikTok stated, I hope Canada does not do the same. I hope they don't either. This stuff is, like I said, it's become very pervasive and it's very disturbing. And that, to me, is very scary. It really is. So, Elvis, you're on TikTok. You won't see it on the screen. If you're watching my live stream as I'm broadcasting, so that would be YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, um, Twitch. If you're watching from there, then yes, you would see it on the bottom of the screen because that screen's not long. That screen is wide. Oh, I know. I mean, well, Skeeter, they still don't like Catholics or Irish people. And that wasn't just back in the 50s. That's been since the dawn of the founding of the country. That's why I basically made sure to understand it's white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Yeah, you're not crazy, Elvis, I promise. But yes, Dallas just gave you the link to my website right there. It's cyberjinx.me or cyberjinxme. Um, while you're there, if you don't want to buy anything on my website, subscribe to my newsletter. Every time I have a live broadcast or I publish one of my podcasts onto the various platforms that they're going to live, it will notify you there's a new episode and you get a chance to watch on demand. So you don't have to watch live. You can watch this pre-recorded, rewind, fast forward, go to the parts you like. So, but I'm afraid to say we're about to hit our one hour and 30 minute mark. And that usually means that's the end of my time going live. So... I am about to close down this episode. I wanted to say thank you so much to everybody who watched today and everyone who's watching after the fact. If you have any questions, if you have any concerns, if there are things that you'd like to see me do on future episodes, please go to my website. My email address is on the website. Send me an email. Tell me what you think. If it's a hate-filled email, it's going to get deleted. I don't care how much hate mail you send me. I don't. It's not going to bother me. I don't care. Like, your opinion means very little if it's filled with hate and stupidity. So, but if you have valid concerns or you've got valid questions or maybe you want some scientific or factual clarification, yes. Even if it's denigrating towards me as a transgender person, I will gladly answer that information for you. So, that's the end of my episode for today. Thank you so much for joining us, and I look forward to seeing you on Wednesday for my next episode at 11.30 Central Standard Time. Till then, take it easy.